0: Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom. Today, episode 68 here on the podcast, and we welcome in Keaton Grant, former Boilermaker. Um, and uh, KG, thanks so much for taking time to join us. And as we tape this, um, you are in Florida, is that correct?
1: Yes, Orlando.
0: Okay, Orlando, where you are uh, where you grew up where you're from. Um, so thanks for taking time, man.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: So we talked, uh, our previous episode, we talked to uh, a guy that came in with you, we talked to Chris Kramer, uh-huh. and so we were talking about some of those good old days, and before we get yeah. into so, some of those some of those years when you were here uh, with us at Purdue, I wanted to kind of start where we start with a lot of our guests, and uh, I wanted to talk about uh, kind of your upbringing, and um, I know when we got involved with you in, in the Purdue years of your life, we uh, we're definitely in Kissimmee, Florida. There, outside of Orlando, did you grow up? Did you grow up there your whole life, or did you move there during childhood?
1: No, I, I grew up. I grew up there my whole life. I grew up in Kissimmee. Uh, was, right, everyone knows Kissimmee because of Disney. And then a lot of people when they come down, they stay in Kissimmee because uh, it's so close to Disney, because of all the resorts that we have. And yeah. so, you know, I was born in uh, Winter Haven, Florida, but I, I, I've been in Kissimmee um, all my life. I think my mom told me. We moved uh, into Kissimmee when I was one week old, when I was only one week, so I've been there all my life, and I was born and raised there, so uh, pretty much so.
0: Cool. So what was, uh, talk about childhood in Kissimmee. What was uh, what was it like growing up?
1: Uh, I mean, pretty much like any other childhood. You know, I had a lot of friends. I was uh, outdoors. Uh, I think for me, uh, Except for our entertainment, my mom worked at Disney, and so we went to Disney quite often every Christmas, you know, for the parade and the Christmas tree. And then, you know, we have Universal that's right next door to Disney, and then we got uh, Busch Gardens that's in Tampa, that's with us about 45 minutes away uh, from Kissimmee. So, I mean, from that point, and then we have the water parks. Uh, I mean, Disney water parks. There was a place when I was younger called Watermania. I mean, I was pretty much outdoors the whole time. If we had the little bikes, where everyone in the neighborhood had bikes, and yeah, playing. And then that's when I started with basketball when I was about six years old. And I, I was multiple sports. I played basketball, baseball, football, and I pretty I was pretty good in all of them. And then I just gravitated towards basketball um, when people, when the adults start telling me that I, I couldn't do it. And I was like, oh, yeah, so I'll show you. So that's how I really, really, really got started in basketball. I just
0: took it as a, a personal thing, too. I love that. I love that part. So when you started with sports as a youth, is it something where it just kind of evolved with kids in the neighborhood? Did you have a family member who, like, said, hey, we got to sign you up for some sports? Or was it just kind of an organic thing that happened just being with friends?
1: Well, my, 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 all my family was in sports. Uh, My older brother James, he played basketball, football, baseball so of course I looked up to him and then I have a ton of cousins. My, my dad, on my dad's side, he has uh, nine brothers, one sister and then when we, um, for the 4th of July, the whole family rituals, we'll go to uh, South Carolina where my grandma uh, lives and we'll all go visit there so everybody go there so we're all playing football, we're all playing basketball, we're all playing baseball and I'm one of the youngest ones out of all of them. So I'm trying to keep up, but you know, they're they're having it rough on me. I'm I'm not, they're not taking it easy. So, and so, you know, that just started my competitiveness. And, you know, as the younger, we all, I can't play. So I'm crying on the sideline. So finally, when I get my opportunity,
2: (laughs) finally, when I get my opportunity, I
1: I don't do well. So I'm still crying. No, no, you got to go sit down. You got to go sit down. So that just started me. And then then that just got me going. And uh, like I said, when, when the adults start telling me that I can't do something, and not my family, but, you know, uh, when I was especially when I was in middle school, um, I had a few teachers, a few administration people, said so I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't do anything in life. You know, basketball is it's not for you. And and so I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So okay. I, that's when I took it. That's when I took it personal. That's when I went outside and practiced every because I just remember those words and it's funny to this day I still remember those people's names I still remember exactly what they told me and and it still drives me you know sometimes athletes you hear people say I still uh, revert back to my childhood I still remember this teacher or whatever the case might be said something to me and we 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 go to different places and we maybe create something yeah our minds okay yeah okay that okay and it's just like that conversations happen uh, yesterday, and yeah. sometimes I yeah. sometimes I need a little motivation. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, you still speaking to the little boy inside of me, so I still I still go on that from time to time.
0: That, that's awesome. Did did you watch the? Uh, did you, I'm sure you did. Did you watch the Jordan documentary?
1: You know, it's funny. I haven't. I have to be the only person in America, especially <laughs> the only athlete in America that haven't. Uh, you know, I have three kids, and so honestly, when nine o'clock rolls around it's peacetime because yeah, they go to bed. Yeah. They go to bed at seven 30. So I'm really, it. so the one thing I was not doing, it was, uh, actually looking at the TV. I was either reading or just looking at the ceiling, like just admiring just the peace in the
2: house. So yeah. I, watched, I, I, will
0: watch it I can completely relate to that. And if, <laughs> if my, uh, I did watch it with my son and, um, you're the, the, the references you make this, that motivation, you know, as you watch the documentary documentary, I think everybody knows what a competitor MJ was, but then as you see some of the ways he would try to get himself up for games and just little things like he would just find ways to get motivated. Um, right. and, and I think a lot of athletes are like that, you know, when you play and, and, you know, you've been playing basketball a long time. Um, and even now, like, you know, I'm around Coach Painter and around some of these guys who come through the program, mm-hmm. you, it's, de- it's demanding. And, you know, it's a 365-day-a-year job anymore. Exactly. And you're in the gym, you're working on your craft, you're working on your game, and you need to find little ways to keep your blade sharp. And, you know, that might be it, – it might be unfortunate a guy says the wrong thing to you at the wrong time, and all of a sudden, like, that gets locked in your mind – but hey, right. if that's what it takes to get you going, then you're gonna. Right. As an athlete, you got to use those kind of things.
1: Oh yes, for sure. It, you know, it, for us, it, for us to say it out loud is it, it might sound funny to another person, but it might be a time where you might be in a warm up line, and then someone uh, <laughs> yes. from the opposing team might be standing out in space, not even looking at you. Oh, are you looking at our team? Oh, yeah. like
0: that?
1: oh, okay, okay. Oh, they, oh, they trying to, they trying to. Uh, they trying to stare us down. They trying to put fear in us, and that just gets you going. And then you might say something to uh, to uh, one of your teammates. I might say something to CK, or I might have said something to Twan, whatever the case may be. And look, man, they're looking at us like, yeah. oh, okay, oh, they yeah. trying to, okay, they they trying to, they trying to test us. And so that just gives us gets us going in that in, in that standpoint. Or you know, for us being at Purdue, you know the funniest thing will be, let's say we're playing I don't know, Illinois, and then we might be walking around campus or whatever, and someone might yell to us hey, man, what y'all gonna do this uh, on Saturday you know that uh, Illinois beat us uh, two years ago, like, two years ago, what we're talking about now (laughs) we right, right, right. gonna see, man, you remember when dude was talking to us, and uh, we're gonna say something about that, we're gonna say something so when we walk around campus, they're gonna give us some gratitude, so it's just a small thing it's something that an athlete does, and it's just
0: in us. You know what's funny is when we were talking – as we were talking about this, I thought of a couple instances. And one I know you were part of. We were in uh, the Virgin Islands playing mm-hmm. Tennessee yeah. in the championship game of that tournament. And right. um, for, our, for our listeners and our fans, um, at that event, both of us were – I think we were both top ten teams. Um, mm-hmm. We had both really good teams. Um That was the pre one of the premier non-conference games of the entire non-conference season in college basketball that year. And I remember we at at that particular event, everybody stayed at the same hotel. So all four teams were in the same Marriott there. Great place. And they had a breakfast buffet for all the teams to go eat. And one morning, uh, this is the might've been the day of the championship game. um, Robbie Hummel goes down. He's, He's minding his own business. He's dishing up some eggs. And one of the Tennessee players bumps into him on purpose and says, man, you guys are going down tonight or something to that effect. I'm sure there was probably some more colorful words thrown in Mm -hmm. there. And Rob immediately goes back to you guys. I want to get your take on it, but this is the story I got. And he goes back to you guys and said, hey, there is no blanking way we're losing to these dudes tonight. Is Is that an accurate story that I got? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that
1: I mean, it's it, it. See, that's the thing. When you stay in the same hotel, it could be it could be a bump, right? And mm-hmm. so I remember that, and I was like, okay. So they're trying to test us. They think we're soft. Yeah. They think because you know they're from the SEC or whatever the case may be. And for us, okay, at that time, um, you know, previously we played Florida, so that's when they won the championship. But we look at SEC. We was like, okay, man, it's a football conference. So you think you for you think you for to play a Big Ten school and you think you for to punk us or something like that? We know that's not going to happen. You know, at the worst case scenario, we can have the worst offensive game in the history of college basketball, but we know we're about to lock you up. So okay, I guess it's going to be a six-five game and we're going to win. So you know, just that with the with the other teams staying uh, in the same hotel, yeah, it could have been a bump. It could have been, let's say, we're going to go uh, in the elevator. Oh, see, they all got the same headphones. So what they, so what that sponsor thought they better than us because so we didn't get the uh, headphones. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's how it's gonna be. Oh. <laughs> so it's just the smallest things that will trigger you as an athlete, and just that competitive flow with the juices are going, and then it's on. As soon as tip off, hey, okay, we're gonna lace them up, we're gonna see who's gonna be the better team at the end of the buzzer. So.
0: Yeah, that's just, awesome. That's awesome. We yeah, I just looked up. We were ranked sixth. They were ranked ninth in the country, and obviously we okay, okay. we got the one point win, and and yeah. uh, it was a great great uh, college basketball game, especially for that yeah. early in the season. So, so I see, wanted. Elliot,
1: you know, uh, Ellie is not to cut you off. See, you know what I remember too. I remember yeah. after the game. Yeah. When we went back to the hotel for a meal. They was they were not too happy about it, so they were talking the whole time, and was like, "Listen, what can you do? You lost. There's no more talking. It's off the court now. You had the chance to beat us. You didn't beat us. So I remember so much off after the game when we won, and then we went back to the hotel to start talking. Like it's over with now, brother. It's over with. That's
2: awesome.
0: That's awesome. So, um, we uh, I want to go back to you know back to the childhood. So you start playing. You gravitate to basketball, good and good in a lot of sports. And I remember, you know, I remember that um, fact about you that you did play multiple sports and were good in both. And I talked to that with Kramer when we talked about that. He, you know, he had some success in other sports too. Did you feel like being a kind of a multi-sport guy growing up um, was a benefit? You know, even, even, and did that help you in your basketball game?
1: I think so. I, I believe so because. The anticipation that um, that I did uh, that I had at Purdue and then also in my professional career, just anticipation came from football. You know, being able to uh, to anticipate different things when I played defense, being able to read the quarterback, that helps. And then the hands and eye coordination that I had to do with baseball, um, that also helped with uh, basketball. And then the footwork that you had to do with football that trans uh, transitions over to basketball. And then being able to What I hear about um, now, kids only focus on one sports and they get burnt out.
2: And then their
1: body body going through. Now I know AU is a lot more games than when I played. And Mm -hmm. I thought whenever we played, I thought we played a lot of games. (laughs) Three three games on Saturday and then on Sunday's Championship Day. That one game at 9 a.m. and then another game at 11 and maybe championships at four. And I was like, man, this is nothing. And now they have a lot more tournaments. So I'm like, man, listen, that's the one thing with my kids is one. I'm going to let them pick what they want to do, even though I wasn't pressured uh, to play any particular sport. But I see other parents when I go to different events, how they're they might be in it more so than the, the kids are. Mm-hmm. And, that's the, and that's the one thing I know as an athlete is, listen, if the, if the kid is not going to push themselves, they're not self-motivated, there's no amount of energy. There's no amount of talking that you can do to your kid to, for them to love it like you may. Because right. it right. may not be for them. you know that it, it just may not be for them. And so first of all, with sports, especially at a young age, it should be completely fun.
2: Yes. and then yes.
1: and it's and it's funny because as pro athletes, when we do it now, we're doing it for a job. A lot of athletes, you'll hear them say, "Listen, I just, I kind of just miss having fun." Because when it gets to the politics, when it gets about the money, and then as as other things that's involved behind the scenes, it's like, man, I just, I just really just miss just having fun. College was the the best day as far as playing basketball was playing basketball just because there was nothing I just go out and you're playing for the name on the front. And then you get the gratification when you're walking through, you see it in a newspaper, then you see you just uh you, you, you go through ESPN, you see your name at the bottom of the screen. I mean, that was just so gratifying. Yeah. You know, and and it's just uh, now it's completely different. So I think that the multiple sports and letting kids have fun and then when they when they decide that they wanna have they want to take it more serious then
0: it's on them, you know. It's great to hear you say that because, um, and you have kids, so you you're you know um, you're familiar with that youth sports, the current youth sports world, and and yeah. you know I've got kids as well, and it amazes me sometimes um, that 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 exactly what you said, the fun part, you know, this is supposed to be fun, and you know I. Right. There's been times when I've had that discussion with my son, like, hey, you know, you need to have fun playing this. Like, we're not yeah. going to live or die on whether or not we win a game. We're not going to live mm-hmm. or die on how many, you know, hits you had and, and so. all that stuff. It's not, that is not what it's about. That's not worth it. And it's hard sometimes. Um, I don't know how you react or anything, but as a parent, like, it's hard for me to sit there. Like, the last thing I want to do is be that parent that's, that right. tells the coach how he should do his job, his or her job. But at the same time, like, I want to tell some of these coaches, hey, chill out and just let the kids have fun. Like, there's no Hall of Fame for youth sports coaches. Like, I got news for some of these coaches out there. Like, your career record does not mean a thing. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, let them have fun with it. So,
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's the one thing I ask my daughter when she does play or she does participate in anything. The, The first question I ask, did you have fun? And if she says yes, then I'm smiling. Okay, yeah. baby. Yep. baby. Then, then you did well. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. You, you, did you? Uh, I, I see that you got to sweat. Did you? You have fun. Did you work as hard as you can? And that's all that matters for now. Because at the end of the day, that's instilling, um, uh, good values. You know, hard work, passion, and just having fun.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's well, very well said. By the way. Yeah. Um. So when you get you get a little bit older and and. Uh you're you're starting to see like did was there a and i ask this question all the time because i'm always i'm always curious like did you get to an age where you thought okay i'm i'm pretty good at this and i'm starting to be a little bit better than maybe some of my friends at this game
1: um (laughs) no, it 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 really hit a time for me when i was I want to say seventh grade, right?
0: Okay.
1: And it was after school, and um, I was I was I was already taking it a little serious, but I wasn't taking it as serious. But when all my friends knew that I was pretty good in basketball, and so we started like messing around, and so I was playing two on one. Um, I mean, well, I should say one against two, yeah. and then I beat them.
2: <laughs> and so then it
1: came like a joke. Oh, well, I'm gonna jump in. So then it was one on three. I beat them. Then it was one on four I beat him. I was like, okay, I got a little something going on. And then it was one on five. I, I hung with him and I just burnt out at the end. But I was like, okay, I can make something out of this. I can I can really I really started focusing on it and then eighth grade hit. Yeah. And I was only about like uh five five eight, five nine, but I was athletic. Mm-hmm. But then when I had the coach um tell me um it was one particular game that we had, it was against a, a rival. Uh, middle school team and my parents my mom was like hey listen I, I'm gonna need you to, uh, I'm gonna need you to uh, cut some grass around the neighborhood go look for some grass to cut so you can just have a little extra money I was like okay mom so I told my coach I was like hey coach you know my mom wants me to make a little extra money um, so I can have whatever the case might be I'm not gonna be able to make it to the game and he got all pissed off and this is like what do you mean this is a commitment I was like I understand a commitment but at the end of the day my it's my mom it's yeah, not like yeah, right. this, this, you want me to go back home and tell my mom that she, I didn't do she's it.
0: the like, real boss right yeah
1: right <laughs> so i was like i was like yeah but it's my mom and he's like oh well and he like kind of threatened me in a general, like well we can see you talking about to the dean about maybe you get suspended i was like so you're going to suspend me from school because i didn't participate participate excuse me in a game i said if you do that my dad will be here first thing in the morning my dad never <laughs> And uh, so he was like, okay, so it so happened that the local high school coach, freshman coach for basketball, he wa- he worked in a school. So they went to go talk to him, and it was like, hey, uh, I think his, his name was Vince. He's like, hey, Vince, you know, Keith's not going to play in the game. You know, he's not committed to the team, whatever the case may be. I was like, oh, that's okay. No disrespect, coach, but I wasn't planning on playing freshman basketball when I got there anyway, when I went to high school anyways. And he's like, what are you planning on playing? I was like, I'm going to play varsity. And they laughed in my face. Mm. And, you know, for me, I didn't take it to heart like, like, oh, my God, you just shattered me. I didn't start crying or anything. I was like, oh, okay, you're laughing. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I did that. I, and the next year I went to high school, I made the varsity team as a freshman. First time uh, that the school had that. And it just so happened that following year I seen that dean that was laughing at me um, at a mall. And do you know, as a ninth grade, fourteen year old, I'm walking down, walking through the mall, and I see him, and then I see him put his head down because I made the, the first. <laughs> do you know what kind of ugh, confidence that gave me? What kind of yeah uh, arrogance it, it gave me? Part the <laughs> part? And, I, and that just went with me. So I knew from there I had to put my my um the pedal to the floor, and that's when I really started lifting weights and stuff like that. But then also too. My freshman year, I played against Amari okay. Um and, yeah. and I was a man child, first of all. And so, seeing yeah. that, I was like, oh, that's what, that's what, you, that's how your body has to look. Yeah, that's the type yeah. of skill you got to have. And so, that really drove me as well too. So that the eighth grade, pretty much, um, is the one that carved out me being going to excelling in basketball. That's where I stopped playing um, football. Um, baseball had stopped a few years before, and I was like, this is what I want to do. That's this real, is what
0: I like. That's cool. This
1: is what I want to do.
0: So yeah, that's cool. And and fortunate for you that you found that passion like that. Um, yeah, you know some yeah. guys are still searching for for a passion. Um, so talk about as you get older, you get you know through your high school years. Um, how did how did uh, when did the recruiting start? When did it really pick up? How did that work for you?
1: Um, the recruiting started in about. What was it 10th grade 10th grade 11th grade Yep. um i went to the nike all-american camp that, at the time I, I don't even know where it's at now but at the time it was in indiana yep. indianapolis and uh and then i had a stack team i had tyler Hansbrough on my team i had andrew bynum that was here um that he i found out that's the first time i ever seen a big man that was skilled yeah and i could do because uh, you know big man in florida at the time we're athletic, but we're only like six two. I mean, yeah. they're dunking and everything, but a six two. I see a seven footer. I was like, hold on, but he's about like three hundred yeah. pounds. He's like, whoa! And he has yeah. great feet. And I, and I seen Tyler Hansborough, and uh, and I was like, whoa. And then so I did well there, and then I started getting the, um, the recruits. But at the at the time, I wasn't taking um, my schooling series. It wasn't like I was a dumb kid. I was just lazy. I was entitled. You know, I got all these schools on me. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they look past. Like... And so um, I didn't do well in the ACT. I needed a, a 22. I kept getting a 21. I got a 21 three times in a row. Mm. And so I ended up going to prep school, and that's when um, I met um, Coach Martin. Yep. And then Coach Martin comes out and because um, he knew my coach. Uh, my coach um, taught him coached him in prep school and then that's when i met coach painter and then the rest is history from there you know it's just
0: and you're was, your, when I went to was your coach Witt is that where you were yeah, at and you a, were in yeah. were you in maine
1: yeah bridging Maine. maine yep. 180 all boys school you're talking about a culture shock you're talking about <laughs> the weather i'm going from florida yeah. to maine i'm going to you know co-ed high school where okay that's a I'll talk for another day and then uh, you know i go to all boys i'm like What did I get myself
0: into? Yeah, 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 and and
1: it was the best thing for me. It was a wake-up call. Everything, and uh,
0: so you know, it's funny. We had sorry to cut you off there, but we had I had Brad Miller on a few weeks ago, and he went mm -hmm. to prep school in Maine, and he said almost the same thing you did. He said, you know, it was it was hard. It was one of the hardest years of my life. He goes, but at looking back, it was one of the best things I ever did. Because it just helped prepare me for college in the real world.
1: Yes. Oh yeah. When um, there's no, just like college, there's no experience like college, but there's no experience like prep school, <laughs> because you have to mature so quickly there. Because they, it's, it's no excuses there. Mm-hmm. It, because you can't say, oh well, I overslept. Well, you live right on campus.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, like, you know, oh, I was sick. Well, the nurse is right there. So what, what's the problem? <laughs> and and Oh well, I didn't get the proper uh uh you know, the teacher doesn't like me or they didn't have enough tutoring. Like there's only thirteen people in your class, so <laughs> why <laughs> didn't you actually make up? So there's literally no excuse for you. And when I say I, I didn't like it when I was there, but then when I look back on my years, the most fun, probably one of the most uh, fun years I've ever had in my life. Um, there's still people that I still talk to today that was there. And um i i really don't think my college career would have went the, uh, the way it did if it wasn't for prep school because yeah. it uh especially with coach leisure i mean he is uh all about responsibility accountability take ownership for what it is um and then at, he's no nonsense
0: mm-hmm. if you're
1: not making shots okay we we have a gym here why are you not coming early in the morning to put up shots
0: yeah yeah
1: why are you not lifting weights like there's no distractions you don't have oh well i was with my girlfriend no he wasn't you know <laughs> uh, you know uh, my, my little brother's sister didn't let me see no they didn't it, 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 there's no excuse and i loved it i love it it's it's a it's a life-changing thing for me in, in my opinion
0: that's awesome well i know that um at, at the end it basically came down to purdue and missouri is that right
1: yeah missouri yeah. yep in oh, washington washington
0: oh right. that's right yep that's right yeah. and i remember um I'll never forget this about your recruitment. I remember talking to Coach Martin one day. I was at um, – I don't know why I remember this. Uh, I was sitting on my uh, – the first house I ever bought. I was sitting out on the deck on the phone with him, and he said – and and I think this is – we've talked about this in the podcast before. Coach Martin calls me Berg, as in Bloomberg. And, yeah. <laughs> and anybody that knows Coach Martin knows that you're going to get a nickname when you're around the guy. He just, for sure, for sure, he, he's just he's he's probably the best I've ever been around at getting people nicknames. Uh-huh. And so he would always call me Berg, and he called me. He said Berg, he said we got I got this guy, gotta have him, gotta have this kid. He said he's at a prep school. He told me he started telling me all about you. Right, and he said, man, when I go to the gym, he's out there directing traffic, telling people where they need to be. He talks. He's a communicator. He plays hard. He goes. He is he's us he is Purdue man he goes we gotta have this kid
2: right
0: and I remember when we finally got you how excited we were and and I remember being excited and I, and I had never seen you play but I just right. remember based on that description from Zoe I was so excited to have you in the program and at that point when you and and, and Kramer came in um and we had a couple big guys come in with you guys as well that didn't didn't make it. But um, you and Kramer were two of the big reasons why we started getting this turned around. And I still look at you two in terms of Coach Painter's recruits. Right. You know, Teague and Landry were here um, right. from, the, from Coach Katie. Um, but I thought that you guys in particular really were – the two guys that started to get this thing turned around and really kind of helped put coach painter's stamp on the program. Um, what were your thoughts kind of, as you get, you know, what are your recollections from your arrival here to campus that summer? before your freshman year.
1: Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what I should, I I didn't know what to make of like, where we're going to fit in at. Yeah. And you know, the one thing that I have to say, um, to give a little pat on the back to me and Kramer we are great plugging guys mm-hmm. you know we we can play multiple positions yeah we can guard multiple positions um we're tough we're not going to complain about it hey, hey uh, kg uh, ck i need you to go do got you yeah we're locked in and, and we're going to get it done um and that's i think that's the one thing that helped us not only play quite a bit when we were freshmen um and at the same time we wasn't complaining we're going to go through all the workouts um we're, we're, and even though we're a freshman, but we're trying to do our best and, and stay with the pack. And then at the end of the day, we're not getting left behind. We're not saying, oh, it's too tough. Or, they, or they're seniors. They No, no, no. We're, no, no. We're competitive. Yeah. We're just going to try and we're going to do whatever it takes. And I think that is the thing that really displayed when we're out there on the court. Man, these, they're, they're freshmen. But, man, okay, they have a little shortcomings maybe with the shooting. But, man, do they make it up on defense. Or maybe they, they're not the best pass. But, man, do they make it up. On, on, on disrupting other uh, the other team. And yes. so that was the yeah. thing we was able to get plugged in. And when we got in, I don't think, uh, we, we fell off any, we, we, we stayed with them. We brought that high energy and we brought something to the table. And then as the, as we went through, um, the sophomore year the junior year, we just got better and better. And then other players came, each one Rob, we all came and JJ came and it was just, it, it was the rest of history. We just started taking off from that.
0: Yeah. I, I remember you guys as freshmen and, and you know, recruiting rankings are always overrated. But, you know, you you and Kramer weren't necessarily, like, you know, these uh, really publicized, highly ranked recruits. You know, I think people really didn't know what to expect. Um, And then, you know, even though it wasn't that long ago, those are that was still a time when, you know, if you could find some video on you guys, that was great. But, like, it wasn't like today where, like, you know, you can Google any recruit in America and find video on them. Um, you know, it wasn't like that back then. And so, you know, I think a lot of our, um, fans and, and even some of us are on, on staff who hadn't seen you guys play, you know, we really didn't realize what we were getting. And yeah, I think you summarized it really well. I just remember those first few practices. I'm like, man, these two are way better than people think. Like wait till the league sees these guys. Like I was so excited. Um, and I thought, man, we got a chance to be pretty dang good this year. Right. And, uh, and you guys did. You turned it around. You, we, we had a good season. We, we take Florida, the championship Gators, uh, to their, the closest game they had mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament that year. And you guys really set the foundation and the tone for, as you said, the next uh, few years. And yeah. um, I do remember there's a couple things that, I, that really stand out about you. Um, and one is I remember, especially when you guys started to get a little bit older and a little more confident, um, there would be times, and I, there's a couple practices. I don't know why this one stands out in my head, but we were over at the co-rec one day practicing, and I don't know what drill we were we were doing. I can't I can't remember the name of the drill, but you and Kramer, for some reason, got on the same team. And normally, a coach would try to split you guys up because you were right. you guys were were pretty difficult to face for the other guards. And you guys just decided in this drill, you you got off to a bad start in the drill, and then you guys decided like, all right, we're done messing around here. And it's almost like you flipped a switch, and I don't think the other team got the ball past half court for the next 10 minutes of the drill. And I just remember sitting there, and then everybody started kind of getting into it and hooping and hollering, and you guys just turned it up a notch even more. And I'm like, man, when these guys are hooked up, they can flat out dominate these other guys. And I think you were probably a little bit older at the time, so it was kind of like, okay, time for the old guys to show the young guys how we do things around here. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. No, I do. I do remember the drill. I I, knew, I remember which uh, practice you're talking about. I do yep. remember it was a morning. It was a morning practice. I, I remember yep. that. Yep. But I don't remember the exact drill. No, that's the thing. Because on the surface, when you look at it, it's like, oh, okay, nothing special about it. But when we get locked in and we get that, we make the eye contact. Okay, let's turn it up because we're a little older. So they, they think they, they can do whatever they want and all. Okay, we were made a little light. We we're going through the motions a little bit. But
2: let,
1: <laughs> let's show them a little bit what it looks like. We give them a little taste of what it looks like. Like we've been doing this for some time. Let's give them a the little taste. There's nothing wrong with a little taste.
2: Yeah. Let them know yeah. it's,
1: not sweet. it's not
0: real sweet around here. So that's what I've <laughs> And the other thing I remember about you is you had you had a knack for hitting big shots, big clutch right. shots and um, we used to do a drill where the defense would basically have to guard for 30 seconds and you, yeah, you and we'd do just, a shell drill so that, so our, for our listeners who know about shell you right. just you're playing a half court set defense and we'd put 30 seconds up on the clock and you had to shut the other team out for 30 seconds now the other team can take as many shots as they want and coach would administer the ball from the top of the key and then all right go go score the ball so the guys are running you know they're running offense they're setting screens they're they're doing a set play whatever they want to do and the coaches are critiquing defensively and and basically at the end of the day end it with a shutout and so if you go if you play 10 seconds of defense and the other team misses their shot the offense re- maintains possession but now it's down to 20 seconds and you have to you right, know like right. i said shut them out right. for 30 seconds well so often There may be like three or four seconds on that shot clock, and the team has played twenty-six seconds of great defense. Yeah, and you would, you would. It felt like you would always get that shot off with two to four seconds left, and you hit it. It felt like you hit it ninety percent of the time. And the other team, and the defense would just drop their head like, man, like KG, like just has something about him. He always hits that shot. Did you? And, and I know you guys probably talked about it, but is that something you started to become aware of? Like you started to develop that reputation and practices for us,
1: for sure. And I, and I and if I remember correctly, they always would start um, um, uh, searching me out for that as yeah. well. And yeah, yeah. And the defense knew as well. And at the time, you know, the three point is not definitely what, it, what it's not um, what it is now. And so I've always started to look for. It. And then to the point. I would start getting a little cocky with it. I, and I'll let's say it was Lewis or whoever. I was yeah. like, no, it's coming.
2: Yeah. You know, it's coming.
1: <laughs> like, you know, it's coming. And that's the thing that would mentally drain you, too, because now it's like, okay, man, I give up, man. I, I mean, you're going to keep hitting the shot. I'm over here fouling, and, and, and either coach is going to call a foul or it's going to go in. I was like, you know, it's coming.
2: Yeah. You,
1: you, like, I don't know even know why you're even attempting to play defense right now. So, and you make fun of it. You make a lot of situations because, you know, at, at the end of the day, when you're in practice and you're dog tired and that's the last 20 minutes of practice and then trying to get out, man, you don't want to be bothered with that. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's fun for me and my team because we're winning. But, but at the end of the day, that transition right into the game because we know, Hey, listen, this is the last two minutes. This is what we work hard for on the last 30 minutes of practice. Let's lock up, let's lock in and let's, uh, let's get this W. And so at the time you don't see that in practice, but it definitely translated over to the game.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, some great memories, and obviously you hit the big shot uh, against Ohio State in the Big Ten Tournament, uh, the, the Big Ten Tournament championship that we won in Indianapolis. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we won a regular season Big Ten title during your career. Um, you, 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 were, you were, I think, one of the more underrated guys that we have because you played with so many good players. Right, um, right, right. But, man, you were a four-year rock for us, you know, scored 1,000 points in your career played in a ton of games, 138 games for us. Um, and right. like I said earlier, I think you're one of the guys that really um, established uh, the Coach Painter era here. So, um, you know, as you look back on your four years here, you know, what are some of the things that stand out? Maybe, you know, they could be basketball or even off the court.
1: Uh, you know, for for me, uh, not only that we went to the, um, the tournament every year and then we had uh, a couple of Super 16, some Big Ten titles, uh, you know, for me, you know, the one thing I smile about. I listen to you. We, we're doing this, uh, this back and forth, and the one thing that I think sticks out for me is the simple fact that before uh, me and Kramer got there, you know, they haven't, uh, Purdue hasn't been to the the NCAA tournament for a few years, mm-hmm. and so for us to get the program back on track, I think that is what's most gratifying. I think, you know, our class, uh, the four years, will always stick out. Uh, as a as a a memorable time for Purdue and Purdue basketball, uh, we didn't win a championship or anything like that. We didn't make it to the final four, but we got it back, and we had some great memories. And at, at the end of the day, we beat some tough teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, Big Ten was not a slouch. No, at the time, Man. I mean, there's people in the NBA right now. Who I mean, the Draymond, the Eric Gordon, um, um, um what's his um. Mike Connolly, there's yeah. so many people yeah. uh, that we played against and we beat them. And then, you know, we played against the Isaiah Thomas, um, yep. Quinn Pondexter. I mean, all these players that we beat, I think just the things that we went through as a team, the friendships that we developed, how close-knit we were, the tournaments that we won, those experiences, uh, life a lifetime, you know, we, I, I talked to each one and Terrence and Rob, um from time to time and we'll just reminisce on some of the things and laugh about it and those things that i'll carry on and and tell my kids and uh later on down the line when they actually want to see it i might show them might be that 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 grandpa (laughs) sit down let me let me show you what what grandpa used to do back in my day yeah
0: absolutely it's just
1: just fun and i'll show them the rings and and the jerseys i still have all my jerseys and all those things and so it's just fun it's just a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience to do those things and be on TV and, ah, oh, it was just a lot of
0: fun. Well, and you guys had, you created such a buzz on campus too. I remember just yeah. some of the, you know, you, you really started to take Mackey to another level. When, oh, yeah. And it's, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't looked back. I mean, I still think it's one of the best home courts in the country. Yeah. Um, and, and just, I remember just going through it all. It just felt like uh, the, the buzz had returned to the program and, and it was just so much fun to be a part of, uh, you know that energy that you guys created on campus, right?
1: Man. and and I tell you this: the, the, uh, speaking about the buzz on campus, I mean the paint crew. Yeah. When we when you go to these different um, colleges and, and play in those arenas, like man, that's not even allowed. I don't need. The paint crew put y'all to shame, yeah. and so that's the one thing that we look forward to, man. Do you know how? Especially, let's say we're going to play a big team or an important game, uh, another ranked opponent, and we're going to play there on, on Saturday. Do you know what the paint crew is going to be like on Saturday, bro? Right?
2: <laughs> like,
1: and they go and 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 we just used to be so ecstatic, and it's going to be a blackout. Oh, my God, that's something to look forward to.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Those are those are uh, great, great memories for sure. I want to talk about so when you leave Purdue, um, get your degree. um, You know the real world's calling now, and obviously uh, you want to. You've been very fortunate. um, Wanted to play, continue to play basketball. Have been able to play basketball, which a lot of guys, um, you know, are not as fortunate to do. And um, Uh it certainly speaks to your talent, but also you've. you know, physically have been able to, to hold up and do it. So talk to us about all the different stops that you've made professionally and some of the places that you've been able to, you know, in this whole world basically that you've been able to see because of basketball.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been to I mean, – I've played 10 years now professionally overseas, and it's just been an amazing ride, you know, seeing the different – the different countries experiencing the different cultures, meeting different people. It's really gave me a different look on not only my life, but on my kids life. It just also how I look at uh, um, the world in a, in a different set of eyes as well, because, you know, going through different cultures, especially I, I, I always like to uh, point out when I was in Greece, you know, how family oriented, uh, this is not talking about on the court, but off the court, just how family oriented they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that, and I instill that in uh, in my kids as well. Hey, we're all going to sit down and eat as a family.
2: That's we're awesome. All
1: gonna put the, we're all going to put the devices down. Yes, um, you know, and that's in and, and you know that's a small thing, but with, honestly, okay, not now because of what we're going on uh, going on with COVID, but before, if you go to certain restaurants and you just look at different tables, you'll see how many kids have the devices up. Yep, and the families are not interacting. And so I looked at that um, when I was in Greece, and every Sunday there was a family above me. Every Sunday the cousins would come over, and they'll have this big spread, and they'll just barbecue, and they'll just talk, and they'll have wine. And I'm like, I like this.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: like I like I'm I'm getting to know my family. I'm getting to know. And one time they invited me up, and for the longest I was like, no, no, that's your family, family time. And one day it was like a holiday, so all the the restaurants were closed. I was like, I'm starving. Okay. Yeah. go. I'll, I'll yeah, for sure. And I we went, and I loved it. And I and I and I do that with my my kids now, and uh, and um we we enjoy that time. That's our time for peace to get to know each other. Um, I mean, I've been to Italy, uh, France, Germany, Greece, Cyprus, uh, uh, Czech Czech Republic, and my 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 middle daughter, uh, she's she was born in France. And so that's the cool thing. So when she's 18 years old, we'll make sure that she gets citizenship. So, I mean, it's just seeing the world and places that I thought I would never go and just experiencing um, different things and meeting different people. It's really, it's really, it's a joy. and, And I encourage that for more people to go out and see the world. I mean, because it's more out there than just America or just your town or just your state or just the big city that's next to you. It's so much in this world that you, you thought that you knew and you, you had
0: no idea. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I've, I've told this story, and I may have even told this on a previous podcast, but um, I used to say naively when I was young, I used to think that um, people would say, have you ever been out of the country? And, and this is when I was my late teens and early 20s, and I would say, well, there's so much I want to see in the United States. I, I'm not worried about outside right. of the country. Right. And then I was able to go abroad with the with the Purdue team in 2002, and I mean, immediately when we hit the ground in London, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like I, now I want to go everywhere, everywhere. and yeah. And it's, it's, and I've maintained that stance since um, that, you know, I can't, I, I wish I had more time to do those things and, and be able to go over there and, and see as many cultures and experience as many things as possible, because I think it does make you a better person, to be honest. And I think it makes you more well-rounded and, you talked about some of those experiences and, and things that you picked up from different cultures. Is was there a favorite stop that you've had along the way that maybe one that stands out more than others?
1: Um, you know, for my family when um, when they came to visit uh, when I, when I had kids, um, I, Italy was one that sticks out. We yeah. uh, my my wife and my oldest daughter love Italy we have awesome. we photos. and you know from periodically we'll go through the photos and like you remember this you remember this <laughs> and, and, and it's funny because my daughter she'll get on my iPad and she'll access my photos and then she'll go back and and it's I don't know it's a little weird maybe all kids do this but they look at old photos of hey Papa look it's me or look it's Victoria when we were in France or oh, I remember, remember when she was born remember when you hold her and then you know a uh, memory for me when I was at Purdue is when we had that trip to Australia yes even, even though i didn't play because i just had surgery but that is a once-in-a-lifetime um experience because we seen the opera house yeah. i mean we, we were we we're just walking we're going to the different places let alone that the 18-hour time zone difference right i mean though i mean but i mean there's just so much from that trip that was just i mean just so amazing we went to the zoo
0: um yeah, I went and to the one. Crocodile Hunter Zoo. There yeah, in the Brisbane, hunters, yeah,
1: uh, petting the, the kangaroos, or we seen the cheetah that was on like the leash. I was walking around with the with the trainer, yeah. Or we went to the coral reef. I remember each one went and get in the water. I'm like, bro, oh, keep <laughs> the water. We're not coming back. Keep the water. He's
2: like, nah, I I okay.
1: <laughs> uh, the, the, from the boat it looks very nice. I was like, from the water it's gonna look even more amazing. I still have a picture. I don't know if you were there. I, I there's yeah. a huge fish that came up to the boat. I still yeah. have that picture. Yeah. And it's just those 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 um those memories can never be taken away. I mean it's just so me I remember when we went we played in a Maui. Yeah. And I got a picture when they told us we couldn't take the uh the pineapple off the table we couldn't take it to the airport and we chopped it up before we got in we're all dripping juice from the uh from our hands and that was the most delicious pineapple i ever had in my life just small things i've never had a pineapple like that again it's it's just crazy it's just crazy
0: no it is it travel does that and you've and you've hit some really good spots when you were in italy where city were you in
1: i was in Trento. i was about 45 minutes from verona
0: Okay. And
1: uh, and then I was two hours away from Venice, but my at the time um, she was my girlfriend. Uh, but she came over and she was like, "Oh, we're in Italy. We're, we're going. We're going for something." I'm like, babe, I just had a game last night. She's like, "Get up. Yeah. You're taking me to Venice." <laughs> and anyone knows when you got a girlfriend, you're not trying to have her mad at you for an off day. So right. you know, I, I got up and I got up to, uh, got up and went to Venice. Bloom, my God. I was blown away, and then yeah, and then she stayed with me for like three months, and so we was always talking, and then uh, so what I did, I was like, okay, so I went to a travel agent um, that worked with my team, and so I surprised her uh, trip, and we went to Pompeii. Now, let alone, I don't know what Pompeii is, I didn't know what it was, <laughs> but I was like, hey, listen, hey, Tamada, I got a surprise. Um, I'm gonna, we're gonna get on the plane, and we're just gonna go a place. You know, we're just gonna get out of here. Yeah. We had a weekend off. And so she goes to the place, she says, where are we going? I was like, uh, don't worry about it. Like, just just go along with the ride. We get there, we get in this hotel, we eat. She was like, are you going to tell us, are you going to tell me where, where we're going? I was like, we're in, Na- we're in uh, Naples right now, so just enjoy. So then I, I, I drive the next day, and she goes to Pompeii, and her eyes and her her smile. And, like, I, I, once again, I didn't know what Pompeii was. And so we have the stroller, I'm sorry, I'm taking these long stories.
0: No, this so, is great. This is great.
1: Yeah, so we have the stroller, and so this older gentleman, he's like, uh, "You're not gonna be able to take this." And I'm like, "Listen, I'm an athlete. Man. I can, I can handle this. I, I can, <laughs> it's okay, it's a little step." And so when I first get there, I'm, a, you know, I'm a neg- uh, negative, negative man. I'm like, "This, this is all is This Is what you hollering about?" And then when you actually get up the hill, and then you see the city, and I was like, "Whoa." <laughs> and then i and then i was like oh yeah so that guy was right um this stroller's not gonna work <laughs> so we start working we start walking the city and seeing the technology of that time and how advanced it was and then the how they did with the housing how they did with uh air conditioning and how they cook and i was just blown away and when i say we were there for three hours and we probably seen a maybe 40 percent of it Mm-hmm. and there's so much to do and at the same time you, st- you you start to see where the uh they were still uncovering they're still the um uncovering things
0: yeah wow wow and
1: i was just like whoa That's
0: and then awesome. I,
1: I, I, how they did the theater and how it still works you can go into at the very bottom of the theater and you can speak just regularly and you can hear them clearly at the top
2: no, i was wow. just blown away
1: it was, i was blown away we still have those pictures there's, it was just an amazing experience and so we we loved it we still have those pictures and and we'll do something with it later on and just traveling the world is just amazing in itself
0: that's awesome and it's so cool that you've been able to do it with family like a lot of athletes that do that um you know are younger and single at the time and then they come back and meet their wife and the fact that you're able to do that stuff and experience it all together is just i think is really really cool
1: oh yeah oh yeah that's a beautiful beautiful thing especially when you have your kids and you see the smile on their face and you have the pictures and so you can show them like listen you were born here or you seen this or you experienced that it's, it's just it's, it's great it's great
0: well you and I talked a little bit we were talking last night kind of getting ready for this uh, this yeah. prepping for the podcast and everything we talked a little bit about your experiences internationally and how that kind of shapes your, your, your mind and your you know opens your mind to things and right. you know we talked a little bit, kind of in text last night, about the stuff going on in the country now. Uh, right. You know, how does that uh, how does that influence how you see what's going on in your country?
1: Uh, you know, it's it's difficult, and at the same time, it, it it really it really stresses you out because I'm a young father. You know, my oldest daughter, really? she's only six, and so being a, a, a um, being a, a black man in america it's difficult and and my kids are um are um interracial so at this time i don't i, ha- I don't have not i haven't explained to them what's going on in the world. as right. far as what they know right now is the virus but when i'm able to sit down there able to comprehend of what's going on I, it's, it's going to be extremely difficult because when we're in europe they didn't truly experience that, nor did they see that. Yeah. There's many times where some of my teammates, my European teammates, they'll ask me, like, listen, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or I don't want to put you off or anything, but I don't understand the racism that goes on in your country. And it's, like, it's funny because when I say it out loud, you're not going to understand it. It doesn't make sense, but mm-hmm. it exists, and, it, and, it is, and it's, it's strong in our country. And right. now we see it right now unfold on, on social media, on TV, and it's just – It's it's scary. I mean, being able to tell my kids, like, listen, I want you to stand up when you see um, wrong. I want you to be outspoken about injustice or someone being bullied. You you speak about it. But then at the same time, at this particular um, situation, hey, listen, when you get pulled over, I I need you coming back home. I don't need you mouthing off uh, Mm -hmm. to the policeman or the policewoman. I need you to, you know, I I gotta have that that talk with them, and that's unfortunate, right? Because they might not have done anything wrong, or they may be going five miles per hour, or whatever the case may be, right? Not all cops are are, are bad or anything like that, but the simple fact that I gotta have that talk with my son and with my daughters, that's just unfortunate, and and it, you know, seeing what's going on, and we don't know what's the truth about whatever the case may be because news outlet media outlets are putting out false information. And that's, and that, that shouldn't be in 20, in 2020, you know? So it's unfortunate. I, we're at a, we're at a crucial uh, point and hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll see what's going on with the NBA because, you know, you want to hear uh, from these athletes let alone you hear from activists and, and, I I was reading something, I don't know how true it is, there might be a march on on Washington in August, and me and my wife was talking about maybe going to attending that, so I mean, we just want to be involved as much as possible, I mean, for the the, the positive, America eyes have been open, and we're looking at ourselves in the mirror, and we're not as up on a pedestal as we should be, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, there's other parts in the world that are doing better than us, or from a social standpoint, and I hope that we can find some type of resolve uh, moving forward. But, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's a tough thing to watch, especially when you, you love uh, the people that's in America, you love America as a country. But at the same time, we just, we, we have so far to go and there's so many issues that need to be touched from uh, prison reform to uh, laws that's out of date. And it's just so yeah. much to touch on. So
0: It's such a huge topic. And I think that um, the one thing that, because we've talked about international stuff and your travels and things of that, that's the one comment I would have about all this is that I think sometimes there's always you hear people say, "Well, if you don't like it, leave." Um, it it it's okay to love your country and want it to be better. Like I don't know why people struggle with that concept. Like it's okay to say that, "Hey, look, I love America. This this is my country." But at the same time, I'm smart enough, and maybe some of us haven't been brave enough to say, but there's a lot of things about it that suck and we got to get better. And it's okay to say those things. Like I don't understand why that's looked down upon to be critical of something you love. Like if you, if you build a house and you love your house and the floor rots out, Hey man, you got to fix the floor. Like if your country, you love your country and the, and the racism that has occurred since its inception, needs to be fixed and hasn't been fixed yet there's there there's nothing wrong with pointing that out and getting the work to get it done and we've waited far too long and i know i'm i'm gonna start rambling here in a minute but uh, as a as a white man as a white man i i feel extremely guilty um that i feel like we've been driving the bus here for a long time and we haven't right. done nearly enough and uh, quite frankly, in my opinion, it's time we get out of the driver's seat and turn it over to some other people that can do a much better job. And um, it, we could we could talk about this for for hours and, and make this a, a, a podcast on its own and, and maybe that's something worth doing down the road. So
1: yeah no, you're right about that. And you know, even though I refer to myself as a black man, you just refer to yourself as a white man. But at the end of the day, it's not about black, white, or whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, uh, we're Americans. And, and you know, I had a I had a discussion with this one of my friends. You know, only in America we bring in the color. You know, when I was in France, it, which is true, I had to think about it. When in France, I'm French. I'm a Frenchman or mm. a Frenchwoman. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. or, or I'm Australian or or um, I'm Vietnamese or whatever the case may be. Um, but it's only here in America where we revert to a color, and mm-hmm. we're not a color because at the end of the day, underneath our skin, underneath the uh underneath the layer the first layer we're all we all bleed red we all have white bones we're all we're all the same skeleton and everything so i think we just need to start back from the beginning we really need to reset the button and start over and just look at each and every person as a human and we're and we're american and then we can go forward from there not just uh just as simple as just a color
0: Well, great thoughts and and a great, uh, great story um, that you have, Keaton. I just, uh, I really respect you and uh, I follow you on social media and see your family all the time. And um, you just, uh, you've created a wonderful, wonderful family and a a great life. And uh, we're just, we're really proud of you back here and all the things that you've done um before we let you go i want to do we do this with all of our guests we have a final four set of questions that we ask everybody and these are kind okay. of just off the beaten topic questions okay. so our our first question of the final four with keaton grant is what is your go-to music of choice
1: it's going to be rap and hip-hop but really honestly it's only a certain amount of current artists that i listen to otherwise i'm um Kinda back ten years. Okay. Um, so for me, my favorite artists right now: uh, Jay Z, mm-hmm. J Cole, um, Drake, and then that. Uh, it's not gonna deviate too much from that. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm not really too much in liking the, the new rap. It's all like one hit wonders or something. yeah. Not, <laughs> no, not, no one's really into the the, the whole project. Um, you know, so.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, the music has changed in that regard. There's no that's, question that's about sure. that. Question two here on the final four is what is your favorite all-time book or maybe a good book you've recently read?
1: Hmm. Well, I'll put a plug in, Access Granted. uh, There you go. Book that you (laughs) Um,
0: wrote, yeah. Yeah.
1: I just started uh, Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. Okay, and so, uh, I'm, I'm, I, when I said it, just started maybe like a week ago. So, I'm really enjoying that at the particular time. So, I just go, I'll just go with what I'm currently reading right now. Becoming.
0: That's awesome. We have that at our bookshelf at home. And I think, okay. I think my wife's read I don't think I have, I have not gotten to it yet. And that's, but okay. it's definitely, uh, it's in our home library and something that okay. I will get to eventually with tremendous respect for her and, uh, and her family. Right. Right. Third question here on the final four, if you could wave a wand and do any other profession starting tomorrow, what would it be?
1: Um, I would probably, you know, I would probably do, let's say a teacher. Um, I, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do a teacher because I, I do uh, different things with with uh with my foundation, okay. but I probably be a teacher because you know a teacher is one of the most important jobs in the world. Right. Um. I mean, is is very thankless. Uh. I mean, they give so many hours. Sometimes they give their own money far as um as far as materials. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're dealing with thirty different attitudes, thirty different households. Yeah. Thirty. Yeah. For and at the end of the day, they still don't get the gratitude. They still don't get a thank you as well as they should. Um, so, yeah, probably that prior teacher.
0: Oh, good for you. That I, I we have. I don't think we've had many uh, teacher answers to that question. So that was uh, that's very cool to hear you say that. And I'm in complete agreement. We need uh, right. good teachers are uh, one of the keys to uh, to improving society as a whole. So it's it's oh, yeah. cool to hear you say that. Oh yeah. Final question here on the final four with Keaton Grant. What is something that no one or very few people know about you? A little known fact.
1: A little known fact. I played the trombone um, pretty much all through middle school. Really? Um, yeah. Don't ask me why. Uh, <laughs> When, you know, you know how you do the, you know how you do the orientation when you're about to go to middle school. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I went around the school and I went to the band, and I thought it was the, like the coolest thing ever. Now I haven't played uh, <laughs> since high school, but yeah, I I played the trombone uh, all through middle school, and then I I, I got tired of uh, carrying around the case, and then like I said, I started playing basketball, so I thought it was too cool for my own good. So I'm like, I'm not carrying around this when I'm trying to talk to girls or something like that. So yeah, I put the trombone down, but yeah, the
0: trombone. That is awesome. Well, th- th- that's cool for a couple reasons. First of all, you had no hesitation on your answer, which is great because a lot of people will come on and they have to really think on it. And yours was just oh, right there. Uh, yeah. I never knew that about you. would never have guessed that about you. Um, right. Another reason I'm smiling ear to ear now is my daughter's getting ready to go into sixth grade and she has she was facing one of those decisions as well like what concentrate or what you know specialty do i kind of go into and so it's it's funny right. to I, I can totally relate to that decision because i have a family member going through that right now as well so right yeah, yeah that's a that's a great answer that's very cool <laughs> well hey man i want to thank you for taking time here today um again just uh think the world of you and um, uh, uh, really proud of uh, what you've gone on to do and what you continue to do. And, and uh, we, we, uh, we just appreciate you taking time with us and we wish you the best.
1: I appreciate you having me and I appreciate you uh, giving me the time to really tell my story. And I, I love having y'all. I mean, I, I mean, I love you uh, E, and the whole board of the family. So boiler
0: up. Love you too, buddy. Thanks again. All right. Take care. All right. That was episode 68 here on the podcast with Keaton Grant. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Tune in next time. And until then, be curious, be informed, and be well.